Thanks for joining us for this message from Awakened Church. We believe in the power of God's Word, and we pray that you're encouraged by this message. Now lean in as we hear from God's Word together. But today is Mother's Day, and I'm really excited about that. But before we continue to talk about that, I do want to say, last week we talked about serving, and we talked about how uh, we are people who serving is our calling. And I'm excited to say that we've had over 45 people respond to that call. And so we're looking like, I think about half of the church right now-ish, half of the church is serving-ish. So uh, that we're so thankful for you guys stepping up and serving. And uh, I'm so excited for those of you who are responding to the call, and, and I'm so grateful for that as well. But uh, uh, today is Mother's Day, and I do want to wish all of our moms a happy Mother's Day. And uh, now I'm not a mom, clearly, you can tell that, but uh, I do have a mom. I'm married to a mom, and uh, I was even thinking, I was like, okay, what, how do I start today's message? How do I, what do I do to kind of get us into it today? And then all of a sudden, I got a meme sent to me. And I don't know about you all, but I do like myself a good meme. Anybody like those? Yeah, like they are fantastic. And so this week, I was thinking these were hilarious. I was laughing. I even brought in our creative director, Caitlin, and we were laughing and having a good time with these memes. So I hope you enjoy them. But uh, I think they'll speak to some of you moms out there because the reality is we've fallen on some difficult times, right? Like there's some budget cuts we have to make. There's some things we have to do to kind of make ends meet. And for some of you moms, one of the cuts you've had to do is you've had to become uh, a barber yourself. And so if it's you, this meme will speak to you right now. Like some of your kids, (laughs) you're like, yep, they will not let me live that down. That is how my kids look, right? But of course, uh, you might be looking at family photos and you might be thinking, okay, I got to get these family photos or you were here with us on Easter and we had a photo booth and, and you're like, man, I, I love to get our family together, but inevitably they don't always turn out great. And so maybe this meme will speak to you, right? Like you're just like, oh, I, that is my family photos. Like I still remember Jen, one Easter, my wife, she looks at me and she goes, well, maybe one day we'll take a good Easter family photo because I had one kid drawing his face down and another one picking his nose, another one crying. It was like, yeah, you're right. Maybe one day we will have the right picture. Uh, This one, again, I'm not a mom, but this one really spoke to me having younger kids. And uh, when I did have younger kids, trying to get them into a car seat. So moms, if you've ever struggled, this meme is for you. (laughs) I don't know how kids that age are so strong. Like, come on. Like, it is ridiculous how much. I'm like, you guys don't even have muscles. Like, you're not even fully developed yet, and you're, like, making this hard on me. And then, of course, mom, some of you, you're working, and then you're coming home, and you're managing the home, and sometimes it just feels like everybody wants a piece of you, wants something from you. And if that's you, this meme will speak to you. You feel bad for the cow, but don't feel bad for him. Like he wants himself some alone time, right? I I have a good friend and he always tells me, he's like, you know, one thing I always told my kids were, dad, you cannot call me dad after seven o'clock. I'm off the clock at that point. And so moms, you can have that advice. Take all day today off, you know, don't call you mom today, right? You need some alone time. Husbands, if you've forgotten a Mother's Day gift, this meme is for you, all right? Trying to help you out. But of course, you have kids, you're going to come to church, you're going to go out to eat later, your kids are going to share some stuff, maybe a little embarrassing stuff, and you're going to be like, oh, what? And so this meme will speak to you. Because you really just want to kill your kids, right? You're like, why would you say something like that? 
And I see this at church all the time. I'll interact with people and they'll give me that look and they're like, I'm going to kill that kid, you know? But then, of course, finally, as moms, you just can't wait to hear the word mom. You're like, oh, especially those first-time moms. They're like, I look forward to it. I can't wait for it. And then this meme is for you right there, moms, right? So, you're like, it's not a good thing anymore. I still, like, just the other day, Jen was trying to send an email, and all I heard was, mom, 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 mother, mom, hey, mom. Like, and she's just so focused, but they're saying it all the time. It's not cool after a little while, right? So... But the reason why I bring all of that up is because being a mom is a tough job. Amen? Like you, you all have a thankless job as well, but you are God's gift to us. And I truly do believe it, that God has gifted us with mothers. And all the men in the room said, amen, right? Like that is the truth. In fact, I went to salary.com this week. And salary.com, what they do is if you are in the business world and you're trying to uh, make sure that you have fair compensation for a job that you're hiring for, you can go to salary.com. And what they do is they factor in all of the skills, all of the education, all of the time that it takes to do a particular job. And then they'll give you a salary for that. And so moms, this week, what I did was I went there and what I found is the annual salary for a mom. You guys ready? The annual salary for a mom is $178,201. Some of you moms are like, amen, show me the money. Like, I need a raise right now. Give it to me. Now, of course, this date is a little old, but um, so we could count for inflation and some other things. So just make it an even 200000 That should be your annual income right now. Now, I can't promise you're going to get that, but I can tell you what you should be getting paid. But the reason why I wanted to start with the memes, the reason why I'm talking about salaries.com is because I believe that figure only scratches the surface of how valuable and how important and how much moms should be celebrated. But here's the truth. I know as soon as I said, happy Mother's Day, I know as soon as, as you woke up today and you realize today is Mother's Day, I know that today can have a lot of different feelings about it. We can have a lot of mixed emotions when it comes to Mother's Day. Because for some of you, today is a day of celebration. And you're excited you woke up today, maybe not breakfast in bed, but we'll be praying in Jesus' name that'll happen one day for you. But you woke up this morning and you were excited and you were hopeful and you were looking forward to spending time with the family, hanging out with the family. I know for us, that's what we're going to be doing. Don't tell Jim, but we're going to go to Target, you know, later and we're going to celebrate her and and all of that. And and it's going to be a fun time. We're excited about that. We want to celebrate her. But I also know today, if you're here, Mother's Day is a tough day because Mother's Day reminds you of unfulfillment in your life. Maybe you're here today. And today on Mother's Day, you are reminded that you are not a mom because you've miscarried or you're unable to have a child. And so today, what Mother's Day reminds you of is unfulfillment in your life. And so today is a tough day for you. And you're like, God, why would you not answer this prayer? Why would you not let me have this child right now? For others of you, Mother's Day is a reminder that you of a loss of a child, that they're no longer here. And what you wouldn't do to hang out with them one more time, to talk with them one more time, to give them some advice one more time, to maybe even hear them laugh one more time. Or maybe for you, like me, your mother is not here anymore. She's passed, and today is just a very tough day. 
Because what you wouldn't do to have her around the table today to give you one more piece of advice, to share some encouragement, for her to see where you're at in life right now. And for you, Mother's Day is a tough day because it reminds you that she's not here anymore. And I just want to say, wherever you're at today, wherever you're at on the scale of motherhood, I want to encourage you with this verse that the Bible says. It says that we rejoice with those who rejoice and we weep with those who weep. And so today, I want you to know, leading up to this message, and even last night, I was walking around this room, and I was praying for you. And the, the reality is, a lot of you, you sit in a lot of the same places, so you need to change some things up. Like, so it's very, but it is actually very easy, because I can walk around, and I'll see your faces, and I'll pray for you. And I was praying for you last night. If, to, if this Mother's Day is a, is a great Mother's Day, an exciting Mother's Day for you, My prayer today was that you would feel loved, that you would feel celebrated, that you would feel cared for, that we would rejoice with you today. But if if today, Mother's Day is a tough day for you and it's a hard day, my prayer for you is that you would find joy, you would find strength, that God would meet you in this moment, that you would find his grace and his peace. And that we also, I want you to know that we weep with those who weep. But today I want us to look in the Bible and I want us to look at a woman named Jochebed. And some of you are like, Jocka who? Like, I don't know who that is. Because the Bible is full of stories of women in the Bible that we could learn lessons from. There's wisdom in the Proverbs about mothers and about women. And we could look at all of that. But I want us today to look at a woman named Jochebed. Because a lot of you don't know who she is right off the bat. But once I tell you who her son is, it'll make a whole lot more sense because we know who he is. And his name is Moses. And so we know Moses, but we haven't heard much about the mom behind the man. And I think most moms are like her, um, like Jochebed, because she's kind of behind the scenes, not always out in front. But like so many of our moms, she brings grace and strength and power into her children's lives. Moms are often the unsung heroes of our lives. And so today, we're going to be looking at a woman named Jochebed, and I believe that her children would have gathered around her, and they would have celebrated her, because she gave her kids something that no one else could give them, and that was her faith. In fact, the title of today's message is, Be a Mother of Faith. And so if you have a Bible today, I would encourage you to turn to Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2, it's the second book of the Old Testament, if you don't have a Bible, we'll have the verses up on the screen, or if you want, you can download the YouVersion Bible app, and you can go to the More tab, and then you'll see Events. Click on Events, and then you'll be able to find us right there, and you can follow along with the outline there, take notes there as well. Um, but we're going to be in Exodus chapter 2. We're going to look at 10 verses, but I really just want to unpack the first two verses, because once we understand the first two verses, the next uh, 3 through 10 will make a whole lot more sense. So Exodus chapter two, starting in verse one, it says, now a man from the house of Levi, his name is Amram, went and took his wife, a Levite woman, Jochebed. Verse two, the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. Now I kind of want to explain what's going on here because when we're reading this, we go, well, why is she hiding him? What's going on? What's the big deal? Like, this sounds like it could be a celebration. So why is she hiding her son? Well, what you need to know is that this was actually a terrible time to be giving birth to a son. 
it was actually a very scary time to be giving birth to a son. And here's why. Because there was a Pharaoh of Egypt who saw these Hebrews growing in number and strength. And he saw them as this political threat. And so he came up with a plan to weaken them and enslave them. And so he put laws into place to slowly wipe them out. And one of the laws that he put into place was that to kill every Hebrew baby boy and to cast them into the Nile River. Now, if you had a Hebrew girl, that was okay because then she could marry an Egyptian boy, be adopted into that culture, and they would be fine. But if you had a boy, he was to be killed and cast in the Nile River. And so when we understand that background knowledge, when we understand what's going on during this time, this was not a very great time to be having a baby boy. This was actually a very difficult time and a very scary time to be having a baby boy. See, Jochebed was not having some sort of gender reveal party where she popped a balloon or threw some confetti and everybody celebrated that it was a boy. She didn't go on Instagram and, and post the sonogram of her baby. She didn't go house to house along the Nile River inviting all the people to come over and, and throw a baby shower for her. This was a scary time. This was a terrifying time for her to be having a baby boy. Now her pregnancy, if you look in these verses, it doesn't even take up a whole sentence. But she had to carry this child for nine months. And she probably had sleepless nights, wondering, tossing and turning, is this a boy? Is this a girl? There were probably, during the day, she probably had anxiety, wondering, will my child live or will my child be killed? Ladies, you know this, pregnancies are scary enough. But then you add on all this stress, uncertainty, and fear of will your child live or will your child die? And then it tells us that she gave birth to a son. And I just kind of wonder if her heart just sank just a little bit. If she's like, oh, that's not good. This is a scary thing, which is the opposite reaction of what you would have at this time. Because at this time, baby boys were celebrated. They were hoped for. It was something that you would want. But I kind of wonder if her heart sank. I'm sure there was a lot of joy and fear in her. But I love that the Bible says that when she looked down at this baby, she said that it was a fine child. Other translations would say that it's a special baby or a beautiful child. Now, what mother does not say that her child is a special child, right? A beautiful child. But I love that the Bible includes that this was a fine baby. And here's why. Because moms, you're juggling a lot. There's a lot of things you're doing. Some of you, you're working, you're managing the household, you're making sure kids get to sports, that you're just doing all these kinds of things. And in all of the chaos and all the stress, you can lose sight that children are a gift from God. And I believe that's what Exodus is reminding us here, that children are a gift from God. Even Psalm 127 says this, Behold, children are a heritage or a gift from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are children of one's youth. See, in a day and time where it feels like being a mom is like those memes that we talked about, sometimes we forget that children are a gift from the Lord. But how often do they not feel like a gift? How often do they kind of feel like a burden sometimes? How, how often does it feel like, am I raising demon babies? Like, it could be a little bit of a struggle. How often do, are we reminded that it's a lot of work and that it's very difficult? But if we're not careful, we're going to miss the beauty of childhood. 
Children are a gift from God, and there is nothing greater than children. That's how Jochebed saw Moses, and that's how you should see your kids as well, as a gift from God. Jochebed, I'm sure she had all these hopes and dreams of what her child would be and become. And and I don't think she knew exactly the future of this child. Because nowhere in Exodus chapter 2 do we read that an angel of the Lord says, Behold, do not fear. I bring you great tidings of great joy. Your baby's going to be fine. Nowhere do we read that God goes, Hey, psst, Jochebed, it's going to be fine. That baby's going to live. She did not know the future of this child, but she had faith in God that he was going to save him. She knew the potential of his life and she wanted to protect him. And because all these Hebrew baby boys were being thrown into the Nile, the Bible tells us that she hid him for three months. That's just crazy talk to me. Hiding a baby from one to three months years old for three months, hiding him for that long? That's just crazy to me. Because think about it. What if the baby's colicky? What if the baby is fussy? What if the baby is hungry? What if the baby has diaper rash? Like it's crazy to me to think that she hid this baby for three months. There was no chance this baby wasn't crying. But think about also all this pressure that she had to keep this baby silent in case he got fussy, in case he got a little colicky. Think about all the pressure that she had to make sure he was quiet because you had all these Egyptian soldiers marching back and forth, ready to carry out this order to kill any Hebrew baby boy. And then think about this. They're living along the river of the Nile and you know sound just echoes off of the water. And so there's all this pressure and I don't know how they did it, but they kept this baby quiet for three months. Kind of reminds me of that movie, A Quiet Place. And I don't know if you've seen it or not, but the premise of the movie is that you have to live your life in total silence. You need to be quiet. You have to change completely how you live because if you make the slightest sound, all these monsters are going to come out and kill you and destroy you. And here's Jacobet living out this movie. And she's, she's worried. And this is a scary time. And I kind of think she can't really keep this baby quiet any longer. And so she comes up with a plan. And then in verse three, we see what this plan is. It says this, when she could hide him no longer, she took for him a basket made of bulrushes and daubed it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the river bank. And his sister, who we know to be Miriam, Moses' sister, stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river while, she, while her young woman walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant woman, and she took it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, this is one of the Hebrew children. Then his sister Miriam said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go And call a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? And the Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And when he grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses because she said, I drew him out of the water. 
So Jochebed couldn't hide him any longer, and so she comes up with this plan to save him. And what she does is she makes this basket, this kind of ark thing, and she doesn't float it down the Nile River. What she does is she strategically places it among the reeds in the river, and she kind of goes and hides. And I can't help but think that she might have had a little inside information of what was going on. She might have known that the Pharaoh's daughter liked to sunbathe at this particular place. And so she comes down there and the servant girl finds this basket. They open it up. They see this baby crying, <clears throat> probably because he's hungry. And so they're kind of gushing over it. They're ooing and aahing over this baby. They fall in love with it. And here comes Miriam. And she's like, so, um, see, you found a baby there. Uh, you want me to grab one of the Hebrew wives to kind of take care of it for you for a while? And she's like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And so she goes, Miriam goes and grabs Jochebed, Moses's mother, and says, hey, take care of this child. And the Pharaoh's daughter's like, and I'm going to pay you as well to take care of him. I'm going to pay you to continue to take care of your own child. And I love that. And the commentators say that it took uh, up to at least five years. She was able to take care of Moses for up to five years, the formidable years of his life. Even psychologists say that a child's personality is formed by the time he or she is three years old. And so here's Jochebed. She is beginning to build into Moses' life a foundation of faith in God. And what I love about this story in Exodus chapter 2 is we see the hand of God working and moving all throughout this story. And so for you moms today, I want to point out two things from Jochebed's life that I think will encourage you as you raise your children. And the first is this, Jochebed made the most of her time with Moses. Jochebed made the most of her time with Moses. Now, how do we know this? Well, we got to go to the New Testament book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23 kind of summarizes a lot of this story. It says, it was by faith that Moses's parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. Now, if you've been in church for any length of time, you know that Hebrews chapter 11 is known as the hall of faith chapter. And so you can read and you'll see people like Moses. You'll see people like Noah. You'll see people like Abraham and Isaac and Joseph. And you'll see all these heroes of the faith. And what I love is in the middle of all of it, here is Moses' parents. Here is Jochebed. Now, here's what you need to know about Hebrews 11. It doesn't mean that all those people were perfect, got everything right, fully uh, were, were perfect people, had perfect faith. That's not the case at all. And what I want you to know about Moses' parents is it wasn't that they had perfect faith. It wasn't that they got everything right. It wasn't that they never yelled or scolded their child, but they got the main thing right. And the thing that they got right was that they had faith in God. Jochebed made the most of her time with Moses. She knew that she would only have him for a few years. And so she wanted to make the most of that time. And the same is true for us. We don't know how long we will have our kids. We only have them for a short amount of time. And so we need to make the most of that time. And so with the time that she had with Moses, what she did was she modeled her faith to him. Now, when you think about that word modeled, I wonder if what comes to your mind is maybe somebody who walks the runway, right? They model different clothes, different outfits, different styles. 
And here's the point. Moms, you need to know this today. You are modeling, you are putting something on today for your kids to see. And the question is, are you modeling the right things to your kids? See, as parents, our children will model things that we place a high value on. So what are you placing a high value on in your home? Is it TV? Is it sports? Got to get the kids to sports. Got to get them to sports. Is it technology? Is it, hey, this is how you make a lot of money in the world? Is it education? Is it politics? What is the dominating thing? What is the most important thing in your house? Now, listen, I'm not saying those things have no value. I'm not saying you shouldn't value education. You should put your kids in sports. I'm not saying that technology isn't good to kind of keep your kids quiet for a little while. I'm not saying that there's no value in those things. Well, what I am saying is those shouldn't be the highest value. Because on the flip side, you need to ask yourself, are you modeling Jesus? Is there a high value being placed on your faith? Is Jesus talked about? Is he never mentioned? Does he occasionally come up in conversation? Is church something that you just attend on Easter or Christmas or occasionally on Mother's Day? Or is your faith, is coming to church something you model as a very important part of your life? Everything you model, your children will take in. And you only have so much time to make sure you're modeling the right things. And here's the point. When you model the right things, your children will model those things later on in life. But what's cool to me is not only did she model her faith to Moses, she, would also, she had other children and she modeled that to Miriam. How do we know this? Well, Micah chapter six tells us, God speaking to his people, he says, I brought you up out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you, also Aaron, and here she is, and Miriam. I am struck by the significance that these siblings played in a crucial time in a nation's history. And it made me wonder what made them have such an impact. And I believe that it was because Jochebed made the most of her time modeling her faith to her children. And that's why they were able to do what they did. See, at a crazy time when baby boys were being cast into the Nile River, being killed, Jochebed modeled faith over fear. She didn't become paralyzed by fear. She didn't deny what was going on. She didn't minimize the reality of their situation. But what she did was demonstrate creativity, innovation. She trusted in God and surrendered to his will. She involved her children in what was going on and letting them see and experience God's provision. Even Miriam, as this very young teenage girl, she was actively involved in the family story. She was watching from a distance Moses, her brother's basket, being picked up, being inspected. And then she pops in and has this conversation, talks to the Pharaoh's daughter. Then she goes and grabs her mom, Jochebed, because Jochebed made the most of her time and she modeled her faith to her family. And so the question I want you moms to ask yourself today is, are you using the time that you have with your kids the best? Are you modeling your faith to them? What kinds of things are you putting on? What are you modeling to your kids? What kind of language are you modeling? What kind of attitudes are you modeling? What kind of love are you modeling? And you might hear all this and you might go, well, I messed up. I've blown it. Happy Mother's Day to me. But listen, 
it's a very challenging time for you as moms. In fact, a survey showed that 60% of all moms, over half of the moms, feel like they are failing in the formidable years of their child's development. Many moms feel guilty because they cannot live up to the standards of perfection that's constantly being preached at them by society. I mean, there are visions of the perfect mom in movies and TV shows and on social media. I mean, how easy is it for you moms to just scroll through social media and you see all the happy pictures of all the happy moms and all the happy kids. You see them juggling work and and doing homework and maybe even homeschooling and you're going, man, they are killing it as a mom. And you look in the mirror and you go, man, I am failing as a mom. Social media has made it very easy to control which parts of our lives we want the world to see. Because you never see a bad day on an Instagram feed. But those are the ones that get you from one happy picture to the next. But then you add on all the pressure that culture gives our moms. Because there's this long list of things that you need to do and be in order to be that perfect mom. And there's the struggle to check off every single thing on that list. And it's always changing. But here's the truth. There is no such thing as a perfect mom. It's a myth. It's a fantasy. Even the moms that you have put on a pedestal that you think have got it all together, you don't know their struggles. You don't know their fears. You don't know the things that they are dealing with. I'm sure if Jochebed was here, she would say, you know what? You're giving me a lot of credit here today. I've messed up. I said things I shouldn't have done. I lost my temper. I didn't do everything right. But if you're here today and you feel like, man, I kind of failed in this area, make today the day that you start modeling what a mother pursuing Jesus looks like. Be a mom who values God's word. Be a mom who values prayer. Be a mom that demonstrates a life of faith. And listen, when you do those things, your children will have a story to tell because you're making the most of your time by modeling your faith. And here's the second and the last thing today. Jochebed's faith marked Moses' life. Jochebed's faith marked Moses' life. Again, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24. It says this, by faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasure of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. See, Moses' life was marked by faith. And what I love is that in verse 23 and verse 27, you could see that it was marked because it says that about Jochebed, that she wasn't afraid of the king. And then in verse 27, it says that he was not afraid of the king. Moses was defined by his faith. And so how do you mark your children with your faith? There's many ways you can do it. You can make up songs. I know in our household, that's one thing we do. We make up songs and it sticks with the boys. So you could sing over your kids. You could pray over your kids. Don't be afraid to let your kids see you praying. Don't be afraid to pray out loud. Don't be afraid to pray over your kids out loud so that they can hear the desires of your heart. But one way that I saw it modeled, the one way that I was marked is by God's word. 
In fact, I have this Bible up here with me, and it's a very special and very valuable Bible because it's my mom's Bible. And my mom, she's not here anymore with me, but I have this. And every time that I can flip through the pages and look, I see things that are highlighted, things that are underlined. I see questions written in this. I see statements. I honestly see outlines that maybe I'll give in a future message, right? Like I see those kinds of things. And what it reminds me is that her life was marked by this book. And then it was passed down to me. My life has been marked by this book because she gave me my first Bible, because she taught me Bible stories. She helped me memorize verses. Her life was marked by this book and so was mine. But I'm also to be lucky to be married to a woman who also marks our kids by God's word. And she literally does this. There are tattoos, temporary tattoos that she marks our kids with so that they can memorize God's word. And what's really cool about this is a couple of months ago, I saw just how God's word is getting instilled in their hearts because one of them had a tough day at school and one of them just reminded them of a verse that they were memorizing and encouraged them right there. And I know when they get older and they go through things, God's word is hidden in their heart and they'll remember those things. Now, what's not cool is when your youngest son named Dawson is jumping on a trampoline And you tell him, you cannot jump on that trampoline and do flips. And he looks at you and he goes, oh, yes, I can. I could do all things through Christ who gives me strength. (laughs) Yep. I was like, don't you know who I am? Do not Bible juke me. Like, and you're using that out of context too, kid. Get out of here. So we got to teach him some context. But nonetheless, mark your kids with God's word. They will remember it. Here's the thing. I think for all of you moms out there, I think your hope would be like Jochebed, that you would be the mom behind that great man or that great woman of faith, that when your kids grow up, they would look at that man and go, man, he is marked by God's word. They would look at that woman and go, man, she is in love with God and is marked by his word. I think for all of you moms, you want to be that woman behind that great person of faith. So, uh, so make sure you mark your children with God's word, through music, through prayer. Mark your child's life. And when you model and when you mark, the end result will be that your children will mimic your faith. That's what happened to Jochebed. Moses mimicked her faith. Even in the struggles, even in his running away from what God asked him to do, Moses still became the leader that we all know him to be. He's the guy who led God's people out of slavery in Egypt and led them to the promised land. And I wonder if he was standing there in front of all those people that day and was standing there. And I wonder if all of these memories of his mom, how she instructed him, just kind of came back when he said these words in Deuteronomy 6. And he said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. Basically what he's saying is you need to have a personal relationship with God. You cannot give what you do not live. And then in verse six, he said, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. I I can't help but Moses think, man, my mom modeled and marked my life with faith and I want you to mimic that as well. 
In fact, look at some of the phrases that he's saying. He's saying, when you're at home, when you're hanging out on the couch, maybe around the dinner table, talk about what God is doing in your life. Talk to your kids about what God has showed you. When you're on the road driving, you have a captive audience. You're strapped in. You put a lot of work like that meme was about, right? You put a lot of work to make sure they got in that seat. So seize the opportunity. Talk to them about what God is showing you. Also show the other people the love of God on the road while you're there. In the everyday, getting up and going to bed in the regular rhythms of your life, seize the opportunity to instruct your kids about who God is. You cannot lead your kids somewhere where you are not living. So you need to build the habits now to prioritize the right things with your kids. Because believe it or not, your kids pick up on more than you realize they do. So when you take the time to model and mark your kids, they will mimic your faith. Think about this for just a moment. Moses, he had two moms. He had an Egyptian mom and he had a Hebrew mom named Jochebed. The Egyptian mom gave him great wealth and prosperity. The Hebrew mom gave him influence. The Egyptian mom gave him great resources, but the Hebrew mom gave him a relationship. The Egyptian mom was able to give him all the money in all the world, which would only be short-lived. But the Hebrew mom gave him something that lasted forever. Now listen, there's nothing wrong with resources. There's nothing wrong with wealth. You should take care of your children, clothe them well, do the best you can to raise them and provide for them. Those are good things. You should do those things. But when it comes down to what matters most, what we pass on about our faith in God and who he is, those are the most important things. Those things will outlast anything that we could give our kids here on earth. In fact, my mom, she told me, she told me something before she passed. She said, Nate, you can buy those boys anything you want to buy them. You can give them toys. You could do all those things. But something you, two things you cannot buy for them memories. So she's like, make sure you make some memories. And she said, your faith, you better pass on that faith. And today my hope and prayer has been, as we've looked at this woman named Jochebed, that not a lot of people know about. She's kind of the mom behind the great man of faith. My hope and my prayer has been that you would be encouraged. You would be inspired by her story today. That you would make the most of every opportunity to model and mark your children so that they can mimic your faith. Because moms, you have an incredibly important job. You parent with your blood, your sweat, your fears, and even some tears. Raising kids is tough work. There's a lot involved and you do not get paid enough. But it's incredibly rewarding as well. One of the most important aspects of a mother's job is to teach her children. Many practical skills are first taught to us by our moms. Even in my own life, when I think about my life, the, the skills that I have, the spiritual habits that I have, have been taught to me by my mom, and they are still ingrained to me to this day. Moms, you have an impact on every area of your child's development, both spiritually and practically. And there is a lot of pressure out there to be the perfect mom, to fit the mold of what a perfect mom should look like and be like. But I want to remind you today that God has made you unique. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. 
He designed every part of you and you are perfect to him. And God has graciously equipped you with the strength you need to be the mom he wants you to be. So today, lean into God when you need strength. Lean into God when you need encouragement. Lean into God when you feel tired, when you feel weak, when you need a little joy. Lean into God to be that mother of faith as you walk this journey called motherhood. Because here's the reality. God created you to be the mom that your kids need you to be. Thanks for joining us for this message from Awaken Church. We'd love to hear how this message or the ministry of Awaken has impacted your life. Let us know at awaken.church forward slash my story.